0: Hello. Thank you for joining us for another episode of This Week in AML. I'm John Byrne, chair of the AMLRS advisory board.
1: And I'm Elliot Berman, our creative director. We are excited to welcome you to the This Week in AML podcast, where we explore key news and developments in the global
0: financial crime prevention community.
1: Hi, John. How are you this week? Good, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm okay. We've had three days of rain here in the Midwest, but it's okay. We could use the water, actually. We had a light snow winter. So So a couple of things this week, as opposed to just focusing on one. I know you were at the ACAMS AML and Financial Crime Conference in Hollywood, Florida. And uh, you mentioned earlier when we were speaking that you heard an interesting uh, announcement, if you will, from DOJ. So what was that about? Yeah,
0: it was interesting because there wasn't any... um preview of this you know a lot of times when uh agencies speak you sort of know in advance thematically what they're going to cover maybe not the specifics uh but department of justice uh, spoke on um tuesday of the conference from, um kenneth polite from the um uh criminal division he's the, the division uh, doj's uh, head of doj's criminal division Uh, Talked about a whole series of things, you know, the importance of working with the AML community and the financial sector, really positive stuff. Uh, But he also said that um, the division is going to direct prosecutors, as he put it, to consider requiring that chief compliance officers and uh, CEOs certify at the end of a settlement about the company's compliance program that it is, quote, reasonably designed and implemented to detect and prevent violations of law. So, um, you know, that that so it would sort of mitigate um, during the settlement some of the fines and penalties. That's that's the theory, at least. Um, No specifics yet other than what I just told you. And it's not simply limited to financial institutions. Um, You know, it's anything under the purview of the criminal division, which is broad, as you know. But I think that what was not funny, but interesting to watch is that when the panel came up right after that, they were asked to comment on it. And of course, they said what you and I would say, well, we want to see the specifics, obviously, <laughs> Right? you know, it sounds very close to what New York did uh, the section, I think, 504 from a few yep. years ago. Right. And yep. I remember when we were sort of dealing with that issue um sort of the logical thing that you and I as lawyers would say is why would you sign something like that when there's pretty clearly no way that you can, um, you know, ensure that the compliance program was, as they say, um, met all its obligations and that, that sort of thing. And so I think that's obviously more than problematic sort of it's, I think it comes from a sincere place as I think also some other folks said, But really interesting, again, not directed necessarily at our community, but it would clearly impact our community. Uh, I've always believed, and I know that you've been involved in similar uh, policy and uh, other other issues where, other debates, where it's basically if, if the compliance officer, at a minimum, doesn't have authority, isn't at the table, as it were, senior management, to have to sign something to certify that the program is run effectively i would never advise them to do that you know so e- even if you have decision making authority it's problematic so i i thought that was a really interesting i won't say curveball because it's good i think in general that there's doj is going to be focusing on white collar crime again but um yeah i think the audience was clearly taken aback
1: yeah i um uh, it's interesting. There are other certification regimes. Uh, 504 is a good example uh, you know, um, uh, financial statements and other related things for the SEC are now certified by the, and have been for quite some time now, by the uh, CEO and the CFO. And what mo- many of those types of regimes tend to spawn internally is a cast an upward cascading set of uh, certifications where you know people around the organization who have something to do with what ultimately has to be certified at the top of the shop. There are internal certifications. Yes, we've actually done a diligence on this system or this function or this requirement, and we're certifying to you top of the shop certifier you know uh, in this case the chief compliance officer um, that everything's doing what it's supposed to do um, how that's the way to give someone at the top of the shop comfort uh, but um, you know it's not something that you can fall back on if it turns out your certificate you can't fall back to the gut with the government um, if your certification tends to uh, not end up being fully
0: effective. So, right. obviously, more yeah. to come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the good news is, I think, those of us in, the, in our community, anything that emphasizes the importance of compliance operations and results in additional resources, not just for the personal interests of companies like ours that provide that, but more importantly, we've always believed that the compliance officers need support, need resources, and need to have decision-making power. So, obviously, we'll see how that plays out. The, so uh, that was one thing. The other thing that we saw today is um, Chairman Waters uh, for the House uh, Financial Services Committee uh, sent a letter. Uh, again, just today on the twenty fourth, and this will obviously this will post on tomorrow. But um, s- sent a letter to various trade associations that represent financial and the commercial industry, asking for uh, specific information on. Um, what those institutions have done to end their relationships, their disinvest, disinvestment, if you will, with Russia. Um, so uh, this is, in in part, just a response to, obviously, the ongoing uh, terrible things that are happening in Ukraine. But uh, President Zelensky spoke to the Congress, I uh, uh, believe, earlier this week. And uh, in reaction to that, Chairman Waters uh, said it was really important they she knows that a lot of companies are doing some things, but having more specificity would help Congress in terms of maybe additional legislation support, what have you. So I think that that was it. And some of the things that the committee is interested in, uh, if the letter is on their website, is action and undertaken, um, you know, by by the affected uh, uh, industry group or, or the industry members. Uh, that have decided to exit or wind down businesses, including both financial relationships and general relationships, since February 24th. The identity of the companies that continue to engage—that might be a tougher one—but we'll see with Russia uh, and Russia-based firms, and what are their plans to either wind down and the reasons why, or the reasons why they plan to continue. Like, is you know what's happening there, and then you know how are you complying? with uh, U.S. and allied sanctions. Obviously, the last one, also like we just talked about, a little problematic to put in a letter how, how you're complying, because if you were asking me that, I would certainly say I'm, I'm following the EU sanctions or the OFAC sanctions or what have you. So I think there is some direction on how to respond to this. So there's some guidance, but that's generally what the committee is asking for. And again, it, it makes sense because in order to make some potential policy changes, if necessary, or, or legislative changes, get a sense of where we are.
1: Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I assume that uh, some of the responses that she and the committee receive will be uh, ultimately become public. So it'll be very interesting to see what that information and what those statements look like.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, again, um, we know that'll happen. That does happen. That's why I think I understand the request, but there has to be sort of a, also recognition on the part of Congress that the, re- the response to the request has to be carefully crafted because of that. I mean, I think that's obvious. And you also don't want to detail your plans right. Uh so that these companies can evade them. I don't mean the U.S. companies, but the entities that you're dealing with, Russia somehow can impact, you know, what? whatever. I mean, smart smart people, unfortunately, can figure some of this out. And we'll we'll see the responses. I think they're asking for this information in the course of the next week or so. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, a lot more to come. That same statement uh, also includes a number of the legislative uh, activities that have occurred in the past a couple of weeks and some of the bills that have passed committee dealing with oligarchs, dealing with sanctions, debt repayment, how to isolate government officials. So there's a lot there as we hope everybody's doing, you know, stay current, check the government website, congressional websites, agency websites, FATF, Oh, you know, all the logical places you'd go to stay on top of this.
1: Yep. It is um, a dynamic situation and I don't, um, it's I don't think it's gonna calm
0: down um, in the very near term, and what do we have coming up? Uh, I will just say just briefly, uh, and we don't I'm not sure when we're gonna run this, but I'm gonna have a um video cast tomorrow, not a live video cast, but we're gonna we're gonna record it and run it at sometime in the future on a continuing uh challenge and that's on antiquity smuggling. Uh, I have some three excellent uh experts that I'm gonna to sit down with tomorrow and talk to them about the financial investigative aspect of that. So we will, uh, you know, post that at some point, obviously in the future, we're going to chat with them tomorrow. And we're always looking for more ideas from, uh, our listeners. Who else can we be interviewing and what other topics do you want to hear? Yes.
1: Um, that's true. And, uh, so continue to watch our, uh, our webpage for additional content. Um, we are, uh, uh, we're busy and uh, with lots of it. There was uh, today we had a webinar um, on high risk customers from a global perspective, and you'll start to see pieces of that re- um, that webinar uh, posting uh, in the next several weeks. So uh, look for that. Um, always an issue that uh, we have to deal with, and particularly in the light of the. The rush of new sanctions, uh, high risk, uh, you know, now has an additional dimension. So,
0: Right. Well, Elliot, thanks uh, for ch- chatting with me today. And again, thanks, everybody, for listening. You can always uh, subscribe to this wherever you get your podcast and write, write a review. Give us some input. We'd really appreciate it. All right, John. Have a good week. You too. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye.